everyone. Welcome to the Bored and Bitchy podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiance. I'm Evie and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London. Hi everyone. I'm Kat, an Arizona girl by way of California. Have to claim my home state. And my warning for y'all is that we drop profanity from time to time. It's basically guaranteed, you know, but it's like sprinkled in. Are you done, Sparkus? Sparkles, <laughs> I should say. Sparkles. <laughs> Are you done? Are you finished? I'm done. I was wondering why uh, it went quiet. And I was like, did I fuck up? And now you're assaulting me a la John. <laughs> I actually don't want to be on the same stage. I don't want to share the same microphone and area with you because I don't like your energy. So I don't think you should be allowed back up in. Wow, Sparkles, you really think you stole the show this season. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he truly did. Um <laughs> Wow, it has been a roller coaster of a week, Kat, because we finished off this tell-all, which we're obviously going to get into, but one of the big standouts of the tell-all was that Jabri felt the need to let us know his prediction on every couple. You know, he Mm -hmm. just took it upon himself to tell every couple in person who he think was really going to make it in the long run. And who he thought would fail. And so he said Shida and Bilal would not be making it. Obviously, Ariella and Benny, because he hates Ariella. <laughs> and he just started attacking her. Um, but he reassured Eve's friend that even Muhammad had real love for each other. He could see it. And he knew that they were going to make it. And Jabri was like, that's my gut feeling. And my gut's always right. Well, that gut feeling was proven very wrong very quickly because we got this insane ending at the tell-all where we got told about an update. We got an even Muhammad update. Do you want to talk about that last bit right now and then I can go into news or should we leave it to the end and then talk about what happened? I will talk about what happened, but I will quickly interject with yeah, so Sparkles gave the prediction, and as you were describing that, I got, like, modern-day Walter Mercado vibes, right, with the outfit and the predictions, um, but he is no Walter. So, at the very end of the tell-all, we get an exclusive via the producers, and it's a one-on-one with Eve, so you're like, what's going on? Eve lets us know that not long after the tell-all, she discovered that Muhammad was texting with another woman. And no, this was not, oh, I don't need another sponsor, but thank you for stepping in as my backup text. This was, hey, I want to kiss you all the time. And as soon as this green card comes through, I'm done with Eve and I'm ready to run away with you. Well, to be fair, he might actually be setting up a backup sponsor because the actual messages were, just to give a few outtakes from it, are like, I would love to go with you anywhere. What about a kiss? I will go to the attorney right after I get the green card. You know, I would leave to go with you. I would keep you in bed for days. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of very questionable texting from Muhammad to another woman. Yeah, the whole situation sucked. The silver lining for me was that Jabri was wrong. (laughs) And I hope he's reveling in that right now that I was wrong. I know because he was so adamant about it, too. And he's like, (laughs) I my gut says these two are going to work and I'm not I'm not wrong. So, yes, he was truly proven wrong since then. 
it's gotten more convoluted because the tell-all finished with not only that segment from Eve, but then the producers were able to get Muhammad in front of like a Zoom call or something. And his explanation is that like someone reached out to him on social media and they were just having friendly chat and it did kind of get inappropriate. But then once Eve looked at his phone and figured it out, then he reached out to the woman and was like, no, you know what? I really care about my wife. We need to stop. And then supposedly blocked her. And now he's like, I know it was wrong, but I love Eve and I want it to work. Well, I don't know exactly when the tell-all was filmed. I don't know how long it's been since then. But people are speculating that things were not fixed between them because Eve uh, this week started, well, one, deleted all the pictures of Muhammad off of her Instagram, which we know is huge. Wait, were they half-naked pictures? (laughs) Not of Muhammad, no. Okay. Um, She also started posting... You know, our classic little bitter quotes. Uh, for example, she had a story where she said, queens don't compete with hoes. Oh, God. Yes, Eve would do that. <laughs> <laughs> she has a very interesting way of writing, have to say it. I find it, like, really confusing. For example, the next one after that was, and hashtag homewreckers, they, these, plural, were both, hashtag desperado. Desperado. I'm taking from that that he was talking to both hoes and homewreckers, plural, yes, both, and hashtag he's a desperado. Or they're one and the same because a hoe would wreck a home? (laughs) Homewreckers are going to hoe, you know? (laughs) And hoes are going to homewreck. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, She also said, let me be clear, of course I blame him as well. First time I got to say anything, though, everyone was demanding I say something, and I finally get to, so take it as facts. And one of these women was still married as well. So I guess he was like, he was talking to multiple women, one of them being married. And Eve could not publicly comment, obviously, because she had to wait for the tell to come up. So it gets worse. After the deletion of Muhammad from her timeline, and then also posting these messages, In Touch Weekly breaks a story that says that Eve has been charged with domestic violence, that Muhammad called the cops on her, I think it was August 15th, and they had, August 15th or 18th, they had excerpts from the actual police report. And basically, I won't read it because it's pretty long, but Muhammad says that throughout the relationship, he has endured emotional and physical abuse from Eve, that when she drinks, she gets really violent and angry, It said that she's threatened him in the past and that when they're arguing and that the only reason he didn't speak out sooner is because she always holds the green card over his head and his status. He was just nervous about speaking out. But then he goes on and says, it's like at one point she like held his face and she was like telling him, it says something like he touched, she touched my face and was telling me like, do you understand this isn't going to work or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know. From the reading of the thing of the report, I didn't see any clear times when he said she hit me or this is a time where she like choked me or hit me or I don't know. But he does say she's been abusive physically and verbally. What's interesting then is that Eve's lawyer put out a statement and said she hadn't been arrested and in touch and other sources are saying they cannot actually find an arrest warrant for her, but she was charged. So she was charged, but not arrested. And she has a court date coming up. I think the first week in September, 
to review this situation. Now, Eve's lawyer is saying that this is all lies and this is an attempt on Muhammad to get a U visa, which is a visa, because basically at this point, because his green card process is so early that if Eve annuls or divorces him and pulls the paperwork, he would not be eligible for green card. So his one of his few options to remain in the country and get a green card is to claim that he's a victim of abuse. And so, so her to seek asylum, basically. Yes. So her lawyer is claiming that that is Muhammad's actual plan and that he will be proven that she has not been abusive. So it's fucking ugly, man. Oh, my. It's fucking disgusting. And, you know, I, I do not condone domestic violence. I do think that women can be perpetrators and men can be victims. Um, with that said, I also need to say that it's hard to envision Eve being physically abusive, but you never know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah, I'm I'm so torn with this situation because I always want to believe victims. And I know, of course, that, you know, I know if it was the other way around and it was the woman claiming abuse from the man, I feel like my natural instinct would be to believe her. That being said, I hope Muhammad was not getting abused. Like I said, the things that I think what is questionable for me is the examples that I read from his police report, like another one of the examples aside from her holding his face, she didn't, he doesn't say hit my face or grab my face. It says she was holding my face and sell Which could something. mean anything, honestly. Yeah, like touching my face or something. And then he, the other example is he says that she was trying to grab his phone out of his hand. And he said like, no. And he had to like get away from her, which again, I'm like, again, I think people should respect each other's space. But to me, that doesn't sound necessarily like abuse unless she's like hitting him to get the phone. But also you have to remember, I could see her trying to snatch a phone out of his hand if she knows that he's like texting other women like and they're married. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see her yelling at you and trying to be like, give me that phone. Like, I want to see what's going on, you know. So spoken like a true Latina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so sad. Like, again, it. I was just, uh, I feel really bad for Eve. Obviously, if Muhammad has been a victim of abuse, I feel bad for him too. But to me, it's like, Eve, girl, I just want to, like, sit her down. Like, girl, what were you thinking? Like, I feel so bad for her son that built a connection yeah. with this man and is now in the middle of this drama because the red flags were always there. Like, they always. were always there I don't know why she went through with this and yeah it's just and and just to be just to clarify we're not saying red flags of him being abusive or a liar just the red flags of like this relationship had a lot of obstacles to overcome yeah like it, it was just so many things where they were like not aligned so I'm not surprised and I mean in so many words, like I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt when he said, I'll find another sponsor. I thought he meant like, okay, like maybe he means like, you know, you weren't hurrying up with the paperwork. Maybe we could get a co-sponsor. But I think it means he really meant he was going to find another sponsor. Now yeah. that I see these texts to other women talking about, as soon as I get my green card, I'll get a lawyer, which people were pointing out. That's like one of the main ways to lose your green card status is like once it's been submitted, for her to be able to prove like this was fraud. He was just using me for a green card. So that is another reason why a lot of people oh. are speculating that he is conspiring to do this like abuse uh, 
allegations to try to stay in the country. I don't remember this, but people were pointing to Luis and Molly. Apparently, Luis tried. Oh, my the God. Luis. Yeah, apparently, Luis tried the same thing when they broke up. He tried to say that he was being abused. And people are just pointing back to OG Danielle and Muhammad, like, girl, Danielle had the binder. She knew he was lying. Mm-hmm. Like, just look at history. So, mm-hmm. sadly, history is repeating itself. Well, listen, we're at the Board and Bitchy um, account. Like, we do talk about real stuff, but we need to keep it light. So, while I do not condone domestic violence, if this is true, I now understand why Muhammad decided to text Eve his strong words about, like, you know, this isn't working for me. I need you to speed up the process or I'm going to find another sponsor because he did it from the safety of another room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that could be one theory. I mean, we will stay on this story. We're obviously going to see what happens um, in her court date coming up. But yeah, it's a mess. So we will update y'all soon. But let's, let's. Oh my God. But also, Tatiana and I forgot her other friend's name, Chesty LaRue. They're probably like, girl, we told you. We fucking told you. <laughs> I know. I was like thinking when I saw this news, I was like, okay, as a real friend, like if I'm your real friend, Kat, obviously I see that you're embroiled in all this drama and my first instinct is gonna be like oh my god poor cat is she okay this is horrible but do you feel like what part of you <laughs> is it 60 percent 70 percent is like bitch i told you it's like when when is the appropriate time to tell you i told you so is it once you get cleared from charges like <laughs> it's hard i think younger me would have been like bitch i fucking told you right at the get older me is like let me let you process and then once things have processed and they're more calm and you're in a clearer state of mind, instead of being like, I told you, see, I'll be like, OK, so we knew the flags were there. What have we learned from this? <laughs> we literally all tried to point them out while with our chest out. Like, literally, we put our concerns on our chest for you to see you record them. Oh, my God. Well, do you have any other news or should we go straight into the little bits of even Mohammed we got on the tell all? Uh, yeah, let's go straight. Let's rewind back to happier times in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the friends that are now telling her, I told you so, bitch. So Tatiana comes out and, and Muhammad goes after her, like for the first conversation had during their first meeting, which by the way, based on the clips we saw, it wasn't even Tatiana leading the charge that really made him uncomfortable. She wasn't the one asking him if he's ever kissed someone or if he's watched porn or whatever, but you know, she stood by her friends and how they talk. It was just interesting to see that after all this time, he was still harboring such aggression. I could see that because I think like, you know, at the moment he was taken off guard, like when they were truly asking him questions, so he did not know how to react. And he's been probably stewing on this because, you know, (laughs) you know, you get in those situations when someone clowns you and makes you feel stupid. And then you go back for weeks and you're like, oh, I should. Oh, that would have been good. Oh, yeah. You have the argument in your head and then you win it many times. Yeah. okay, I've been there. (laughs) Oh, my God. If I would have dropped this. Oh, that bitch is so lucky I didn't say this. And you're like, I wish she would because I'm going to come back. I I think Muhammad got that moment where it's like he's been stewing on this for months. Like you made me look stupid on international TV, outing me as like, like try and call me a ver- inexperienced virgin. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So he just <laughs> unleashed. You know, he was like, this is all the pent up feelings. And if he wasn't a lying cheater who's <laughs> women, I would have been like, yes, Muhammad, because I did think they c- came at him incorrectly. You know, I, I agree. Did- I agree. 
But the one thing I did not agree with him in that when he was like telling her, you know, it was inappropriate and it was rude and who does this? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. But then he was like, and I'm good and bad or something. And I was like, what? I thought, I thought the whole argument is you didn't want to put that business. Okay, Muhammad, I don't know. I was really confused by this because I'm pretty sure the closed caption or like the translator at the bottom captured something else but then everyone on the tell-all on the stage understood him saying I'm good in bed and I just didn't feel it in me to rewind because I don't want to hear him say he's good in bed if that's what he actually said that's what I heard and that's what I read it was very close to that and that's what I was like I don't know what this has to do with you feeling the questions were inappropriate so it just kind of debunked a lot of his argument Yeah, but I get, like I said, if he wasn't a scumbag with the cheating and the lying, then I would have been, I I was rooting for him at the moment just to speak his piece because I did think the friend group was inappropriate. But I did like that then they seemed to result, like I think Eve's friend was, I like that she was mature enough to be like, listen, at the end, you know, alone with him and Eve, that she was like, I just want to make sure we're okay. I want to move forward. And he was like, yes. And they hugged it out. So I was like, all right, good. They, they left in yeah. a good space. But then the text dropped. And you know those Girl. girls are out with the pitchforks. <laughs> well, and they did a group hug. Or not a group hug. But Mohammed and Tatiana hugged on stage. And then Tatiana was like, something's still lingering. It doesn't feel good to me. So, like, yeah, that was very mature of her. Like, let's just hash it all out. They had a group hug. There was hope. There was hope. And now, now none at all. And, like, it is interesting that um, TLC or 90 Day was able to share all these text messages and I'm wondering if Muhammad gave them up or if they contacted this other woman or these other women to get all the deets. Oh no, I'm assuming that Eve got into that phone, mm. screenshotted for her own receipts and then yes. shared it with TLC to be like, he is a line frauder. Probably because she's also, obviously that would be smart if you're trying to get his green card canceled. So she would Ooh. need that kind of proof. Burn baby burn. Oh, my God. Different well, kind of fire fire ritual. <laughs> yes, a different kind of fire ritual. Um, but, okay, so we had mentioned that Jabri called these other couples out as being the ones that were going to fail and that Muhammad and Eve were going to be right. Well, he was wrong on that one. But the other couple, Bilal and Shada, we have yet to see. So he said they were going to do or they were going to break up soon. What do you think is in their future? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit, another piece of tea. Oh. Well, obviously, if y'all follow Shida, it's not even that much of a tea. She, I don't know if she's trying to fuck with our minds. You know, they are on the next season of Happily Ever After. So she might oh. just be trying to get us, you know, to get excited and tune in next Sunday. But she posted, like, a video of her, like, rubbing her belly. <gasps> yeah, and, like, smiling and, like, so... I don't know. I don't know if she's like trying to let us know like there's going to be like she's expecting soon. And you know what? As much as I dislike Bilal and I dislike her and Bilal as a like together as a couple, I don't think it's right because she is 37 and she obviously wants to be a mother so much. I don't want her being tied to Bilal forever. But if that's the choice she's made, I hope for her sake that this man did agree and got her pregnant because on the tell all he was talking about we're waiting two years. And I'm like, she's gonna be 39 you don't know how long it's gonna take like Mm -hmm. you don't play with women in those later years Mm -mm. and the fertility clock like that's not fair 
And other people, I think it was um, Kara called it out too. Like, you don't know how long it's going to take. I've known people, you know, it's taken years for them. And to your point of like feeling conflicted, that's how I feel. If she is pregnant, I'm happy for her. But I, I just don't trust Bilal further than I can throw him. I mean, this fool had the nerve on the tell-all to say that he was the first one in the relationship to admit that he wanted kids. How am I supposed to believe that when you were dodging the question throughout the season? Well, I think even at the beginning of their season, she mentioned that Bilal was the first one to talk about wanting kids. And then as soon as she was like, yeah, me too, and started a serious conversation, then he started evading the conversation. So oh my this God. Ma- what did Patrick say? Master Girl. salesman. These are tactics. Yes. He is skilled. Okay, let's talk about Bilal having his feelings hurt at being outed <laughs> for the gaslighting trash he is because the man was sulking at the end when all the couples are leaving and the producers are getting last comments from everybody how's everybody feeling whatever Bilal is sitting here like he seems resentful resentful of Shida because everyone else can see through his bullshit so he was over here basically all he said was well you know it's really hard when you think you're a good person and clearly that's not what other people see and then Shida was like no you know like we just have to put these things out there We'll resolve them. I believe in us. We're going to work. Starts bawling her eyes out. And he looks at her like, no, I don't have any sympathy. I'm the one that's been wounded. So I'm not comfortable. I'm not hugging you. Like, this is your fault for making me look bad. Well, and it was creepy. So her point wasn't, we just, we have to put them out there for the, you know, the sake of putting them out there. But it was so that she told us in the tell all, I want him to watch himself so he can see it for himself because he's very defensive at the end it was fucking creepy how he went silent and stared at her not just on the stage but at the very end like once the couples were exiting and it was behind the scenes they're standing and he's just like staring at her almost like resenting her for the world making him out to be the bad guy yeah and it's like again I'm like are you that delusional that you really don't no understand why the world sees you this way so now you're angry at her because she's the reason or like are you really like like you know that you're an asshole and you hate that like people were able to see past your facade that you're an asshole and now you're just angry at everybody I don't know I I mean I I'm not saying that Bilal is abusive in any way I'm not at all but it, it just the way he was looking at her made me worry for her because while he might not be abusive we know that he is good with the words and the manipulation tactics in conversation and we just don't know what he's going to make Shada feel after exactly uh one other Bilal Shida moment that I want to point out from the tell-all though because I, I mean I feel like the meat of their story really got was in like the first part but in this part after Jabri had his tantrum, which we'll get to, of like not wanting John on stage and his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Bilal tries to go over to him during the commercial break to be like, hey, my dude, don't let anyone get you down. Don't let anyone rile you oh, up. Oh, yeah, that was so random. Yeah, it was so weird where it was like, actually, Jabri's the one that riled him. Like, anyway, but anyway, yeah. Bilal, for some reason, took it upon himself to try to like console him. And I personally feel that's the reason he was like, fuck you, Bilal. I don't believe that are going to work. <laughs> I was, okay, it was so funny because Bilal's over here trying to give him a pep talk and then he turns around with like, you guys aren't going to work. But yeah, was, y'all are <laughs> like, I think Bilal is not a good reader 
of people or like a judge of character because his pep talk was don't let anyone take you outside of your character and i'm like my dude that is his character like that was jabri 100 percent authentic yeah he's like literally on there playing to his character 100 <laughs> percent. like if anything he should have gone up to john be like my dude don't let this spark don't let sparkles take you sparkles. out of your character <laughs> but i really feel like Jabri did not want to be questioned in any way because, look, the two people that had the nerve to say anything to him are the two people that he then blasted as, like, not being able to work. Like, Ari in the first um, part was jumped in to be like, oh, so you think your mom's jealous? And then he, like, started attacking her. And then Bilal went to try to be like, my dude, don't let someone, like, make you upset or whatever out of your character. And then he turned around and be like, y'all fake, y'all ain't gonna work. That's not real. So, like, <laughs> What? <laughs> just don't, just don't mess with sparkles. <laughs> well, let's let's focus on Jubi and Miona. The one observation that I had that was interesting—I don't know what to make of it. Did you find that Miona was pretty silent the entire time of the tell-all, like both parts? Yeah, she didn't have much to say. And at first, I was like, "Oh, I feel kind of bad for her because her partner's up there being an ass clown," but. <laughs> And then I didn't feel bad for her because there was, you know, there was that moment when Ari called out Jabri for laughing while Benny was talking and like, I guess like making fun of his accent is what Ariella said. But Miona was laughing during that time too. Like he was whispering something to Miona and they were like cracking up. So, and then at the very end, when we're getting like their final comments, when they're leaving, Jabri said something shady about one of the other couples again and then mm-hmm. she was just like cracking up too. So while she didn't have a lot to say, I don't feel like she was embarrassed by his behavior. I think she was just like, mm, okay, classic debris. Yeah, I don't, I didn't feel like bad for her in any way, but it was just interesting that she was so quiet on the tell. Like she didn't have anything to say, but she, I mean, clearly her and Jabri, they make sense together because they, ha- it seems like they have similar viewpoints in the world, people being jealous of them and whatnot. And I thought, you know, the reason why Miona's not saying anything is because Jabri is saying enough for the both of them. Like, what more can she add to the air after Sparkles has spoken? Yeah, there, I mean, he literally, he said more than he needed to say for everybody. So, yeah, there was nothing else she could add in. And do you think that John didn't go back on stage because of Jabri's refusal to go on with him? Or do you think it was just like, ah, it makes more sense for him to be done anyway? I think... I'm confused because I'm like, I feel like the producers would like messiness. So they would would have loved to have John back for some more. Like, let's finish out this argument. But I do feel like Jabri, I feel like the reason he wasn't back on stage is because Jabri insisted, like, I'm not going to go back up there if John's up there. So I do think he got his way. And I think that's why the John segment got cut short. Mm. Well, I'm glad that our two um, exclusive on the ground reporters went backstage to see him, uh, Kenny and Tim, and that they were like, hey, yeah, we love when you call him Sparkles. And, you know, they were like, <laughs> and I oh. yeah, they were all buddy, buddy. And I could honestly see John joining them for some pillow talk. <laughs> I loved it. Like, yeah, they had an authentic moment. And, you know, when he wasn't being cornered, because John was immediately attacked. Like he as was. soon as he got on stage, that was all Jabri calling him an alcoholic, just like attacking him. So of course he got on the defensive. When he was explaining the situation to Tim and to Kenny, 
yeah, he sounded totally coherent. He was like, bro, I woke up at like 6 a.m. to be here. I haven't had a drink. Like, this is the most sober I've been in weeks. Like, he just mm-hmm. attacked me. That's why I got angry. Like, he's coming at me. Um, can we talk about last week? I was so angry at Benny for not defending Ari. And someone has taken that Patrick. spot. Patrick is. I'm so fucking mad at him. Fucking worst. Honestly, I, I think I told you this in a separate text. The more that I hear from him, the more that I learn about him, the less I think of him and the more I side with Thais's dad. Like, we found out about the whole cheating scandal, him not being upfront about thinking that he couldn't, you know, have kids when she was like, I want kids. And, and now this, like, he doesn't once, once defend his brother. Like, he was so obviously silent that Kara had to be like, wow, Patrick, what do you think about someone calling your brother, I don't know, whatever it was, a lowlife or whatever. Trash. He, he yeah, said, trailer trash. Yeah. And he didn't just call John trailer. He said they, they're they from the trailer. Like, they're from the trailer. And Patrick just sat there. I mean, the one thing I'll give him is the one time he jumped in is Patrick kept going on and on and on talking about, like, you got to cut him out. Like he needs, he's a grown man. He needs to be like cut out, whatever. And I think Patrick said like, why haven't you cut your mom off then? Like if you don't allow toxic people that don't support. And he was like, that's my mom though. She's done a lot for me, whatever. And Patrick was like, and he's done a lot for me. Like he's Mm -hmm. done a lot for me. That's my brother. And so I saw some theories online that I was like, okay, that's interesting. A lot of people believe based on like what Patrick has said and what John has said and posted about it sounds like John, even though he's not that much older than Patrick, it was kind of like his father figure. Like he really yeah. helped to raise him. And so that would make sense that John is as like the parent slash big brother. He's the he's like the bulldog. You know, he's the outspoken mm-hmm. one. He's the one defending and like attacking where Patrick is kind of like he's almost shielded by that, you know, like he doesn't have to be the one that yells or whatever. John does that for him. So I feel Aww. like in one way, that's one of the reasons why he's so close to John, because John is like his protector and he doesn't even know how to react when John's not there and John's being attacked. So I'm torn because, yeah, I was really angry with Patrick, especially when he started going with those low blows talking about they're from the trailer and all this stuff. I'm like, defend your brother, defend Girl. family. Like, He's the one that started. And I was so angry with Thais being like, good, someone had to say it. Like, at least someone is saying what needs to be said. And I'm like, what did John do to you other than drink a fucking beer at 9 a.m.? What did he do to you? For real. Okay, so your explanation, the the theories that you found online about, like, John being the father figure and, you know, he's the one that was outspoken, that made me genuinely sad for John and Patrick as children, like, you know, thinking about what they could have possibly gone through and how Patrick had at least he had this big brother who helped him and poor John who had to be an adult before he was actually an adult. It made me sad, but it doesn't fully let Patrick off the hook for me because Patrick is so quick to be vocal and defend himself. Mm -hmm. He's not like some timid person who allows people to say things about him. Like even when truth was being spoken, he was still trying to defend himself instead of being like, yeah, okay, that's right. I did that. He didn't want like, I mean, okay, that one time he did defend his brother, but like the other times he couldn't. And it was only after he was prompted 
to say something on behalf of his brother that he finally defended him the whole time i was like patrick why are you so fucking silent yeah and then yeah when thais was like i'm glad someone said something one i agree with you what did john ever do to you other than just be a party person who lives with your significant other like nothing um and two what does Jabri's rant against John have to do with your feelings towards him? Like Jabri's thing with John seems totally unrelated to whatever we've seen on the clips uh, that's playing out between Thais and John. Like it just it didn't make sense for me. It didn't click. Thais just wanted to see John scolded and John embarrassed. And that's what that was. And at that point, too, Patrick could have been like, hey, like calm down you know like i've already told you he's my brother he didn't say anything in fact he doubled down because later when sean asked like who was really instigating between thais and pat and and um john patrick was like it's john john's the one that's been doing it i don't know if you caught it john looked so hurt when he said that yeah and i think like john has to rationalize in his mind like okay i know he's trying to keep his wife happy She's pregnant, so he just, you know, has to say what he needs to say. But he is hurt because there's a way to say that to be like, you know what? They both haven't been going about it the right way. I just want them to find a happy medium to get along, you know, whatever, respect each other. He didn't have to put it all on someone. So it was fucked up that he put it all on John. But yeah, it just the whole thing made me so angry, made me really pissed off at Sparkles even more. And again, these are one of the few moments that I'm like, where is Angela Dean? Because Mima would have been like, trailer? That's my trailer. <laughs> I really think that Angela would have defended John, but I could be wrong because Mima is full of surprises. I know. I would hope. I would think that if there's anyone that defends the right to drink early in the morning, <laughs> have a party, and be either from a trailer, trailer Jason, I would think it would be Mima. Right. Well, the last two things that I'm going to say on the whole um, Jibri and John thing and, and John and Patrick and Thais. One, I really hope that Thais doesn't somehow leverage their son against John, like deny him from playing with him or say, like, you're unfit to be an uncle. Like, I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, and two, Jibri let us know that the reason he came after John from the very get is because it reminded him of when he was bullied as a child. The math ain't mathin' for me. How does the relationship that he's seen online remind him of being bullied as a child? No, it's Jabri was angry that John, who was the breakout star of the season, <laughs> fan favorite, was like about half as many scenes. <laughs> exactly. Literally had one twenty. I don't know, like literally had a few minutes on screen and stole the show and now he was going to have his tell-all moment. And that's why Jabri couldn't even let him talk. Like, instantly attacked him. Then, like a baby, was like, I will not share the stage with him so that John would not get any more minutes. I really think that's what it was. And it's just hilarious coming from someone who claims that everybody else is jealous. Like, you're jealous. You're jealous of John. And you didn't want John to shine. But it's okay, because he's still shown. I will let you know, though, Cap. Mm. I think this beef has been squashed. While I think that was real in the moment... I think a lot of this, like, Jabri was in care. Like, you know, I told you he said last week that he was acting this way because he was trying to give us a show, you know, so he was just wiling out. Well, Thais had her baby shower this week. She posted videos from the baby shower. Miona and Patrick were there, as was John. And John you mean and Miona and Jabri? Sorry, Miona and Jabri were there, as was John. And um, Jabri and John looked fine. 
you know they were drinking mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. this time so it just seemed like oh, everything just Maybe, okay, maybe it is squash, but I feel like now I'm team conspiracy theory of Jabri is, you know, wanting to be the breakout star. So he's thinking, well, best to align myself with John. So if he's going to break out, I can break out with him. I don't know. I just know I to me, it feels like Jabri came in hot on purpose because he wanted to be the person that everyone talked about. And to be fair, if we take out all the Jabri stuff out of the tell this would have probably been kind of a slow tell-off because I'm going to take back what we said last week about like, I think Sean's getting better. Sean is not getting better. This part two really pissed me off because it seemed like the moment drama or situations are brewing, just when it's like starting to heat up and get good, here comes Sean talking about like, well, it looks like we're not going to have a final resolution for this today. So let's (laughs) move on. And I'm like, Sean, we're not finding resolution because you're not asking questions. You're not maybe letting she, them continue. Maybe she doesn't like conflict. And if she doesn't like conflict, this is not the right job for her. Oh, my God. It was so infuriating. Well, okay. So you mentioned that maybe Andrew Bree and um, John squashed it. They're fine now. But warning to John, you do not want to be Jabri's friend because if being Jabri's best friend means that First, he's going to put you in a headlock and then later not invite you to his wedding and then also say that um, you're jealous of him in general. No, no real reason why you're just jealous of him. Don't forget, just like stop communicating with your band members and just like for some reason decide you're not going to be part of it, but not really tell them. Right. Right. So David came out and that was the whole thing. David was like hurt. David, sorry, Davide, or what's his nickname? Dache? I don't know. I, I um, just know it's David. David, yeah, Davide. Um, he didn't get a to the wedding, and he was hurt. And Jabri went on to say that Davide, or David, is just jealous of him, and that's why they can't continue to be friends. At some point, and it seemed super superficial, they made up, and everyone clapped. And I was like, are we really clapping for this? Like, do we? Do we not have anything better to watch? Well, to me, again, it seemed like Jabri was like this disgruntled child where when he like, okay, I think the original sin was Davide did not like Miona. Whatever happened in that original meeting, whether it was Miona's fault or David's fault, they just did not see eye to eye. And David made that known to Jabri, which then angered Jabri and obviously pissed Miona off. And so since then, as the relationship with Miona continued and got more serious, Jabri just slowly started pulling away from the group and his responsibilities, which obviously then pissed David and the group off. And then that means they started blaming Miona for being the Yoko Ono when it turns out that Jabri is the Yoko Ono because he's the one that just stopped showing up and stopped hitting people up. And so to me, it seemed like Jabri throwing a tantrum where, again, it's like he doesn't want to be called out for like kind of leaving his band behind. So instead he's like, well, I'm hurt that as my best friend, you didn't accept my girlfriend and you you don't, you got, you don't have love for me and you're jealous and blah, blah, blah. And all it took is for Jabri, for Davi to be like, bro, we go back forever. You're my brother. I want to be in a band with you. I support Miona. Like I want you to be happy. I was wrong about Miona. I'm happy for you. And that's all it took. And he was like, all right, you know what? Maybe you're not jealous of me. Thank you. Let's hug it out. 
That's what I'm saying. Are we really? And then people clapped. Are we really clapping for this? Like, this is I mean, not I think the they best. were clapping for Jabri shutting up. They're like, maybe this will calm it down. Maybe. I think what's really bugging Jabri right now isn't people being jealous. It isn't um, David. It's the fact that he's now living in Palm Springs and hasn't seen his parents since he left South Dakota, which is before the wedding. So they just are not part of this big milestone in his life, the wedding. And uh, at this point, he's doing them like he did the band, just not seeing them, not making any effort. Yeah. And I am disappointed that his parents did not agree to be part of the tell-all because I really wanted to hear from them because I'm like, what excuse do you have for not coming to the wedding? You know, Um, they didn't. I think that's why they didn't show up because they knew they were wrong. They knew that everything we saw on the show just painted them in a not so great light. And Mm -hmm. they're probably watching the tell-all being like, thank God, because do we want to be again on TV being associated as like this blunt man's parents when he's (laughs) showing his ass on TV? Like, thank God we missed it. I hope she's not a a parenting expert type of therapist (laughs) because this is not going to be good for her business. No. Well, we only had um, two more couples to dish on. So Colby and uh, Emily and Ari and Benny. Let's start with Colby and Emily. Um, we know that they had their baby girl, Scarlett, and we got footage of her giggling and with big brother Coben kissing her. And I'm not going to lie to you. That little footage made me want another baby. <laughs> I went on Kobe and Emily's Instagram and Scarlett is such a cute baby. And with her brother, Coben. Oh, yeah. It makes your ovaries hurt because they are very cute babies. <laughs> it does make your ovaries hurt. But then you get a reality check when Sean asks them what having two small children does to their sex life. And they were over here going back and forth trying to figure out how long it's been. And honestly, I can relate to that because Emily was like, it's been two weeks. And Kobe was like, it's been a month. And I swear to you, that's exactly the conversation that me and my husband had where he's like, it's been a really long time. And I'm like, it's been like two weeks. It's not that long. He's like, that's a long time, but it's been longer than that. So, I mean, yes, babies are amazing. They're wonderful blessings, but also they're a lot of work. <laughs> it actually annoyed me that I'm like, of all the things Sean could ask, like Sean did not ask Emily about buying her own ring or like. <laughs> That's this, true. We so, didn't get any of that shit. We didn't get any. So, there was so many things that Sean could have asked any of these couples. And instead, we spent five minutes talking about, she's like, well, what's going on with everybody's sex life? How often is everyone having sex? And I'm like, this just annoys me because, one, people are going to, A, lie because it's national TV. So you don't want to be the one couple that's been like, actually, we've been pretty busy. And it's been like a month. Like, no, everyone was like, what, two weeks? Oh, my God. I can't believe you haven't had sex in two (laughs) weeks. And it's like, y'all, they literally have like two under two. They just had a baby. They live at her parents' house. Yeah, I could believe it's been a few weeks. That do, That's no indication on their sex. Like, clearly, they get it in because they have two babies. I'm sure in a few weeks or a few months where things calm down and it's not so stressful with the baby, they're going to be needing birth control because, mm-hmm. you know, these two are going to be in the shower once again. So I, I really annoyed that, like, that becomes a topic because I feel like it puts everybody on the spot to then have to be like, oh, my God, a few months. It's like, shut up. Like, you're about to have a baby. <laughs> It's probably going to be the same thing for you. And that doesn't mean anything. Um, So, yeah, I'm like, Sean, come on now. Better question, please. What was so funny, though, was that Guillermo's face, right? His wife is pregnant. He was like, 
oh my god <laughs> months. months without sex i mean and i know he's a grown man but he still has a baby like face so just to see him react like that was so funny motherfucker what <laughs> motherfucker no one can tell me i'm man enough or not um <laughs> Well, Co- um, Kobe and Emily, you're right. There was a lot on their season that we didn't really get to too much on for the tell-all. Um, we did get her parents, and there was a sweet moment, and they did not reveal what it was that – I forget his name, but Emily's dad gave to Kobe, so a mystery for another time. What we did get that was just a little bit juicy but could have been pulled apart more was Emily getting called out for her plans of sexing Kobe up his first night in the U.S. and depriving him of his son for yet one more day. Yeah, and again, I feel like all the couples, except for Jabri, came in (laughs) being like, you know what, I'm not going to attack anybody or get into anyone's business too much because I don't want it to blow back on me and I don't want them to then point out everything that's wrong with our couple. So I feel like everyone in this tell-all came in being like, I'm be very diplomatic. I'm be very chill. I might ask a question or two, but I'm not calling anybody out because no one really, they, I think, who was it that was like, oh, I would have really been, you know, I would have wanted to see my kid. Like, I, I think I would have wanted to like see him right away. But no one like, really attacked her and I feel like Emily got her excuses got better excuses lined up for the tell-all like she knew she was going to be asked and because everything she said when she picked Kobe up were none of the excuses she used on the tell right when she picked him up she was just like you know we're about to go to my house like I haven't we haven't hooked up in months like I want a night to myself blah 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 like I want the d what now it's like well I knew that once they were together, I would not want to pull them apart. I didn't want to break into their time. It's like, girl, that stop it. That was not the reason. But she got off easy because no one countered. She got off too easy. Her excuses were still bullshit. Yeah, like you said, they were clearly fabricated for the tell-all. And that was it. Everyone was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I understand. Move on. She got, And so Emily continues to be able to Emily because my guess is this is what happened her whole life. She did shit. And whenever she was called out, she gave some BS reason and all was forgiven. That's why she is the way she is now as an adult. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Hello, Sean. Instead of coming in with being like, but how would you feel? Blah, blah, blah. And that's not what you said. Instead, Sean's over here being like, Father Emily and Mother Emily, how often are you getting it in, in the house? <laughs> <laughs> how often are you guys hooking up? Because that's a full house. And I mean, that is the one couple I'm glad she asked because then Father Emily came out with this genius answer being like, well, Sean, my house is soundproof, so we are good. <laughs> Don't worry about us. Isn't he an architect or something? A civil yes. engineer? He should promote <laughs> soundproof homes as part of his uh, business. He is. I mean, one of Emily's excuses was like, well, I knew we had to have sex ahead of time because we were about to go move into my parents' house and then we couldn't hook up. And like, girl, you clearly could hook up because you made little baby mm. Scarlet. That's true. Unless they hooked up somewhere else. Maybe they snuck out to Rock City, Boulder City, whatever it's <laughs> called. Anyway, um, so the last couple that we got some notes on are Ari and Benny. And Benny and Ari are talking about Avi, their little boy who's super adorable. And Benny tells us that Avi is full of all kinds of talent, just like him, like a chip off the old block. He mentioned all the things he's doing and Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he also say circus in yeah, like the list? Circus. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I think like circus arts. Like, haven't you ever seen circus classes for people and kids? It's like acrobatics. No. Like he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
Yeah, circus are like it's actual acrobatics, like okay, trapeze okay, so. or you know rope, high you know stunts. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, is he practicing painting his face like a clown? Like, what does that mean? No, that's but okay, clown so college, which is also very difficult to get into, Kat. I'm being serious. <laughs> I mean, Barnum and Bailey is the prestigious college. Of... Anyway, we also learned that Ari was in Ethiopia for three months to help people that were displaced by war, and she took Avi with her, which I think was an interesting choice because. Like, one, she's probably in a somewhat dangerous situation. Um, so is it really a smart idea for your son to be down there? And two, did he really need to go back to see friends and family without his son, like, or without his father? Like, who is he seeing if we know that your in-laws don't like you? Well, I'm pretty sure she did not meet, like, she didn't spend time with Benny's family, or at least not his sisters, which... I mean, I don't blame her for that, to be honest. But yeah, it was so fucked up because I'm like, to be honest, like, I don't know enough about the situation in Ethiopia. I do know that there's like a civil war going on, but I don't know enough about like exactly how dangerous it is a certain parts. So I won't comment on whether she should have taken the baby or not. What I do think is fucked up is don't tell your partner you're leaving with our baby for a week. A week. And then just make it into a month. And without my permission, you just extend Three months. It. Three months and then block me because you might have the urge to take like this relationship is so fucking weird. Can you imagine not talking to your spouse all day or not notice a week or something when they have your child? No. Or uh, period. That's your spouse. But especially when they have your child in a country that is experiencing war. Um, And that was the thing. Like, did she walk out of the door? knowing that it was going to be a three-month stay and just didn't mention it to him? It sounds like no. It sounds like she planned a week but then extended to three months. But again, that's fucked up. You don't do that. Like, you need to make choices of the, on these kind of things as partners. And I just could not believe that she was like, oh, and, you know, I blocked his number. But not for him. Like, I wasn't angry at him. It was just for me because then I know – I get annoying and he's annoying. So it would just make us communicate better. I'm like, y'all need that. Like, I hate to agree with debris, but you know, this situation is fucked up. Yeah. Um, so on her own, Ari keeps making these decisions that impact Biniam in that he's being kept away from his son. When she decided on her own that it was best for, I think it was like two seasons ago, best for their son to go to the U.S. to get his hernia surgery. It seemed like it was very much her decision and not Benny's. She was like, this is what's best for him. Then books a ticket to go without even having a doctor's appointment on the calendar. So she ended up in the U.S. for several months. She was there with her family, enjoying herself, enjoying her time, waiting for this appointment that hadn't yet been booked. And all the while, uh, Benny's re-experiencing trauma because he's being kept away from his son. And that's exactly what happened this time, except she went to Ethiopia. Yeah, their whole relationship literally doesn't make sense because I'm like, I'm annoyed with Ari for this, like, taking Avi for months unscheduled. It's really unfair to Benny. Like, that's all fucked up. But then on the other side, we find out that Benny has moved to Vegas to train MMA. But I there was no clarity on, like, 
oh yeah, this is a choice we made together and we're happy with it and he's going to spend half the time here, a few months or whatever. It just seemed very like, like, is Ari happy with this situation? Did Benny just fuck off? Like how often has he seen the family? Like it is weird. Like this whole setup is very strange. Like who blocks a spouse on text and then she's like, well, he didn't even notice anyways that we hadn't talked for days. or that he was blocked I'm like Mm -hmm. what I don't none of it makes sense and then we have Leandro in the mix with his goofy ass the the last comment that I have for these two oh and sorry on the Las Vegas thing Ari did mention that she's fine with it because she likes the idea of marriage without the traditional sense like she thinks it's fine for him to do his thing and her to do her thing but the last comment that I have on this her ex-husband went away to a different state for his master's program and she went to <laughs> Ethiopia to hook up with Binyam, like that kind of relationship. Right. You're right. Because she didn't like that he was pursuing his dreams because she was feeling tied down. Um, the last comment that I have is really a question. Do you think that these two would even be together if they didn't have Avi? No, even Binny said, maybe we not be together if we didn't have Ari. Avi. Oh, I totally missed that part. <laughs> I guess I blocked them just the way they blocked each other. <laughs> Well, are you okay? Another question then. Are you sad that we're done with this cast or are you ready for a new one? I am ready for a new one. I have to, this has been like a semi slow season. I did have moments that I really enjoyed, but yeah, I'm fine to move on. Though I don't know if I'm that excited with the couples we have coming up for the, uh, for the happily ever after, but who knows? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I actually don't know who's coming up on happily ever after. Who are our returners? Shida and Bilal, Yara and Jovi, Libby and Andre. I'm trying to remember who else. I believe a little bit of Angela and Michael, but I could be wrong about that. Those are the ones off the top of my head. Obviously, there's more. Yeah. Well, with Libby and Andre, like while they do bring some entertainment value, they're just really frustrating to watch. They're just really frustrating people. Yeah, they're frustrating families as well. Family, family living. Yes. Well, this is our very last um, appreciation ring for this group. So who gets yours? Hmm. I, you know, I'm going to do a surprise one. Oh. I'm going to give it to Jabri, even though obviously Uh. (laughs) I think he could have used this negative instigating energy to call out people like Bilal or other people that needed to be called up. Instead, he just decided to be crazy. But he was what made this tell-all entertaining. So you know what? Thank you, Sparkles. You know, sparkles. Stop, stop attacking John. <laughs> but, you know, thanks for, I guess, like spicing up this tell-all. See, I want to give mine to John because I feel like John deserves <laughs> the love. He needs some love. Um, So I will give it to them. But like as a couple, I think I'm going to give it to Kara and Guillermo because while they didn't bring the whole lot of entertainment value, this tell all, it does seem like they're a couple that that's really in it to win it. Like I could see them growing more. Like I saw something in in Kara, not Kara, Kara that just made her seem like a little bit more mature and wiser during the tell all than she did during the season. Like somehow she reflected and and is going to make better. Yeah, and I mean, I think we commented throughout the season that despite the little, you know, hiccups that they had here and there, you could tell the attraction, the love, the care in this couple. So hopefully, you know, they're having a baby. So wishing them the best. Yes. God, I hope so for that baby's <laughs> sake, especially. 
Well, anyway, on that note, thanks, listeners, for tuning in another week. Um, be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and a glowing review. And follow me on Instagram at Bored and Bitchy. That's Bored, letter and Bitchy. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bitchy. Bitch. Oh. Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and bitchy. <laughs>